When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam from GolfUnfiltered.com. You can follow me on Twitter at GolfUnfiltered, and you can send me an email, GolfUnfiltered.com. Ladies and gentlemen, what is going on with the United States Ryder Cup team after the matches have concluded? I'm recording this on Monday evening. I swear I did not expect to record a Ryder Cup uh, a post Ryder Cup episode because I know that you guys can go and get that information anywhere else. But after reading through a few articles as well as seeing all the chatter on Twitter, seriously, what is going on with Patrick Reed, Jordan Spieth, Tiger Woods, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kapka? It, it seems like there's people have lost their damn mind. <laughs> seriously, like what? is going on. So I'm going to try to break down a couple things as far as what's coming in on social. And you have to understand that a lot of this is as far as on October 1st at 8 p.m. Central Time, a lot of this stuff is still kind of coming out in the wash. First and foremost, let's talk a little bit about the Patrick Reed thing. So I think people who listen to this show and have read the site know that there's, I have mixed feelings about Patrick Reed. Mrs. Golf Unfiltered hates the guy. She's entitled to her own opinion, calls him some not-so-nice things. But Patrick Reed and Jordan Spieth put on quite the show in past Ryder Cup and past President's Cup. I believe they're like 8-1-3 and one and three or something like that. Very successful pairing. Patrick Reed, of course, winning the Masters this past season for his first major. Patrick Reed is a very polarizing individual. Probably the most polarizing golfer, male golfer, these days. There aren't too many people that like the guy. And he doesn't really give us a lot of reason to like him. Sure, he's a good player. Everyone loved him. I'll take that back. Everyone loved him as Captain America for the Ryder Cup. And so you would think that going into this year's Ryder Cup at Par- in Paris, that if nothing else, we would see the return of Captain America, a man who... Qualified for the team by his own merit. He was there. Frankly, I expected to see him paired with Jordan Spieth. But lo and behold, Captain Jim Furyk did not pair Reed with Jordan Spieth. He paired him with Tiger Woods. And they played awful. That's putting it lightly. I won't go and rehash all of the badness that occurred between those two as far as how they played on the course. But what I will go into is what's happening now after the Americans lost to the European team 17.5 to 10.5, just completely obliterated by the European squad. And good for them, by the way. Let me just say that good for them. The Tommy Fleetwood Francesco Molinari pairing is was just historic 5-0 and or something ridiculous like that. They won, they won 100 matches. 
<laughs> at the Ryder Cup. Did you guys see that video of them on social, by the way, that the European Tour Twitter uh, account put out? They were both lying in bed with the, uh, the Ryder Cup between them. Something special there, folks. But what we're hearing now is, as Patrick Reed has most recently been doing very frequently, is just kind of making an ass out of himself. He, he, he's, he's talking like he was the victim of the worst hate crime ever in how he was treated by not only Jim Furyk, but also the rest of his teammates at the Ryder Cup. I'm looking at the New York Post right now on my screen. And yes, I understand it's the New York Post, so you kind of have to take that with a grain of salt. But here's the headline. Patrick Reed is full of shit. U.S. Ryder Cup fight explodes. So, if this is the first time that you're hearing about this, basically Patrick Reed was interviewed by a reporter for the New York Times and basically just threw everybody under the bus, especially Jim Furyk, basically saying that he wanted to play with Jordan Spieth, could not understand why he was separated from Jordan Spieth, who then, of course, went and played with Justin Thomas, and Justin Thomas was probably the one bright spot of the American team, FYI. And Reed was quoted in saying, the issue is obviously with Jordan not wanting to play with me. I don't have any issue with Jordan. When it comes right down to it, I don't like, I don't care if I like the person I'm paired with or if the person likes me, as long as it works and it sets up the team for success. He and I know how to make each other better. We know how to get the job done. And as I mentioned, and this is actually confirming it, Reed and Spieth were 4-1-2 in 2014 and 2016 when they played together in the Ryder Cups. So they've played many times before. And they also played in the President's Cup. Combined, they are 8-1-3. So on its surface, taking out of, you know, taking Patrick Reed's comments out of it for a second, it doesn't make a lot of sense to not put those two together. But then we go on to learn a little bit more. And and keep in mind, a lot of this is probably hearsay. I mean, most of it actually is. But a non-playing member on the U.S. team. So picture one of the assistant captains, I would imagine. I'm not even going to try to hypothesize who it might be. David Duvall. No, I'm kidding. I, I have no idea. He was there, and he basically calls Patrick Reed out. Patrick Reed said he was blindsided by Jim Furyk when he learned that he was not playing with Jordan Spieth. And here, this this unnamed source said he is so full of shit, blindsided my ass, he begged to play with Tiger. Everybody who's watched golf at any point this season or the last, or really for the last few seasons, knows that Patrick Reed idolizes Tiger Woods. A lot, of, a lot of players do. There's nothing out of the ordinary there. Patrick Reed, of course, goes the extra mile and also prefers to wear black and red on Sunday and has come out and said in the past that he does so as a, as a homage to his idol, Tiger. And so it would make sense that whoever this source is is telling the truth, that Patrick Reed wanted to play with his idol, which he did twice. And as I mentioned earlier, they played awful. Reed then goes on to claim that Tiger, this is my favorite part, that Tiger apologized 
to Patrick Reed for playing so poorly. I've never played golf with Tiger Woods. I'm going to guess that the majority of people listening to this have never played with Tiger Woods. He doesn't strike me as the type of guy that's going to apologize to his playing partner for playing poorly. Isn't that something that they always say? I mean, people talk about it all the time. Never apologize to your playing partner. It's it's not needed. It's unnecessary. Don't apologize. Go out and play better. What's even more interesting about this whole story is the same unknown source. Or actually, I should say I'm not sure about that. Maybe it's a second unnamed source, basically said that he watched Patrick Reed play. I'm trying to read here. Oh, in one of the two Molinari and Fleetwood matches where they got hosed, I watched every shot he hit talking about Patrick Reed, and he would have shot 83 on his own ball on Saturday. He totally screwed Tiger. He has no clue how to play team golf. I saw firsthand how bad of a team player he was. 11 players understood the concept of team golf, and only one didn't. Oof, that's rough. Unfortunately, that one proved to be too costly for the team to overcome. And then finally, he concludes with, I feel so bad for Jim, Jim Furyk, because he was an unreal captain. Okay, seriously, what, what is going on? Can we just all settle down? We're talking about an exhibition match or set of matches yeah i get it some of you are listening to that probably rolling your eyes and saying but adam it's the Ryder cup we always take it so seriously yeah we do we do take it very seriously maybe we take it a little too seriously because when we have stuff like this that comes out it makes me wonder what the hell are we doing during the the matches Justine Reed, Patrick Reed's wife, certainly somebody that has received her fair share of criticism in the past as well for various things that I won't get into, but all of them were personal related uh, to their, not not with me, don't get me wrong, it's for their family, and that's, that's where it should remain, but she actually goes on to Twitter, or at least a Twitter account with the name of Justine, I believe it's Justine K. Reed, goes on and just basically starts defending Patrick Reed and saying basically the complete opposite of what everyone else saw with their own eyes. Oh, my my husband's playing well. It wasn't him. It was this poor decisions, and he's being disrespected. And he said, she said something about, or he or she or whoever runs the account, said something about how the Golf Channel has lost journalistic integrity or, or something of that nature. And it's like, what? Look, I'm, I'm all for sticking up for your for your guy, okay? I totally get that. But looking through just completely unrealistic glasses and making an argument that holds no water, and really you're not helping your husband out here because you're just kind of throwing fuel on the fire, what did you hope to accomplish by going on social media and doing that? I, I don't understand. you know. But, it, but even then, even if it, that was the only thing, the only drama that came out of this whole Ryder Cup fiasco, it's still too much. It's like, really? We got we to gotta talk about this now? And then, of course, we hear all this stuff about Patrick Reed that we just covered. But it doesn't stop there either, folks. It doesn't stop there either. Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka apparently almost come 
to blows, according to a uh, another article I saw on the Telegraph, the UK-based publication. Look, everybody gets hammered after the Ryder Cup, all right? Everybody in the event goes and gets just wasted, all right? We've seen that year in and year out. It didn't seem like there was too much of that going on at the press conferences this year, which, you know, thankfully. But apparently, DJ and Brooks had a little too much to drink. And according to this story, they get into an argument after being invited into the European players' uh, locker room. Because that's another thing that happens to folks, by the way. They don't, they don't stay separated the entire time. At the end of the day... Both teams, both squads, they're all friends to a degree. They're going to hang out. But apparently, uh, DJ and Brooks, guys who we all know are really good friends, almost get into a fist fight. I think that's hysterical, actually. <laughs> I think that's hysterical. Quite frankly, I would probably pay you to watch that boxing match. Goodness gracious. Can you imagine what, what goes on with that? DJ not having a good time these days, by the way. He's got his own personal issues going on, allegedly. But, I mean, like, is that... I'm almost willing to chalk that thing up between DJ and Brooks to just, uh, you know, friends being stupid. It happens. Guys do that. But all of this just... Oh, my goodness gracious. You know, I guess maybe I'm contributing to it now. Maybe I'm contributing to it because I'm talking about this stuff. But, I, like, do we really have to take the Ryder Cup this seriously. You know, a lot of talk has been had about, you know, Tiger's poor play as well. And the guy looked tired. He's old. <laughs> He's, I mean, sorry, you know, to my fellow listeners who are in their 40s. I, Tiger looked beat up. He looked tired. He's played a lot of golf over the last stretch, especially for, well, he's played a lot of golf, period, but especially for someone who's gone through what he's gone through, both physically and mentally. Certainly physically, of course. And he's he had to hop on a plane after winning the Tour Championship, his 80th event, the first time in, what, five years, was it? And he hops onto a plane, and he's got to go to Paris, and now he's got to go put up with Patrick Reed. <laughs> you know, I would love to have been a fly on the wall to hear how that conversation went. If if anything that Patrick Reed says is true, that he was blindsided, even though I don't think he was, I would have loved to have seen Tiger just say, fine, I'll take him. <laughs> you know, anyone who's ever worked on a team or played on a team or whatever, you always got that one or two people that just that just cause so much trouble for everybody else. And sometimes they just don't see it. Right, like they don't understand that the behavior that they're expressing or the things that they're saying is is actually causing more of a problem than they could have ever anticipated <laughs> or anyone ever wanted to deal with. And the best part is when they can't even see it for themselves. You know, like they lack that that certain level of self awareness to kind of take a step back and say, "Wow, you know, maybe I am kind of an ass." That's something that Patrick Reed just doesn't do. He's that guy for the American squad. I can't help but think back to when he won the Masters. And there were writers on Twitter basically saying that as soon as he sank that last putt, 
to win the green jacket, the entire media center was just quiet. <laughs> like nobody liked the fact that this guy just won. In his home state, by the way. Home city. What does that tell you? And then, of course, he goes on even further and he talks a little bit, you know, of course, months later, he talks about heading into the FedEx Cup playoffs in in Boston. He posts this thing on Twitter complaining about the seats that he had at at Fenway. Oh, my goodness. Look, you know, he's going to do what he's going to do. Patrick Reed's going to be who he is. I wrote something on the website, golfunfiltered.com, about how the story of Patrick Reed is so much more now than just what he does on the course. And in some ways, I have to admit, I find that to be a little unfair. But then he does shit like this. (laughs) And I just, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. And again, you know, this is all relatively new, breaking news stuff. You know, it's just all kind of coming out. And I guess we kind of should have expected this. Some drama was going to come out. But I can't shake the feeling of, like, you know, we just need to calm down. The Ryder Cup is a great event. It's it's one of my favorite things to watch. I actually didn't have the opportunity this past weekend to watch as much as I wanted to. I had actually a family wedding I had to go to. But the few hours I was able to actually watch it, it was enjoyable. It's always fun. I don't necessarily care that the Americans got their tails kicked. I mean, it's going to happen. Europe is just a buzzsaw when we play on their home soil. But stuff like this just doesn't make it fun for me. I don't, I don't like hearing about this stuff. And yeah, I understand the irony of me or, you know, talking about it now, but the the Europeans, they're just a little bit more, I don't know, happy. <laughs> they're a little bit more happy when it comes to the way that they prepare for things. And even in 2016, when they lost, they were they were having a grand old time, if you remember. If you look, go look at pictures on Google, do a Google image search of the European press conference, you would think they just won the damn thing. But no, we got to come back and we got to deal with, with this stuff for the American side. I don't know. I don't know. I did... Again, totally didn't expect to record anything about the Ryder Cup, but this this is this is just ridiculous. Let me know what you think too. I mean, you guys know how to get a hold of me, golfunfiltered at gmail.com. If you want to email me, you can look me up on Twitter as well at golfunfiltered. Just a couple other things real quick. Uh we've got a couple more uh interviews lined up for this week. I actually realized that I've got uh I double booked myself <laughs> at one point, so I have to reach out and uh, reschedule at least one of the interviews. But we got some great guests coming up. And I know that I've gotten some good feedback um, from not only some of the personal uh, podcasts that I've done, but also one of the most recent ones that uh, touched more on worldwide golf shops. Um, I actually appeared on another podcast earlier uh, today. I actually recorded one. Um, It's Talking Golf with Gary. Uh, had never heard of the podcast before. Seems like a cool guy. But he actually wanted to talk a little bit more about worldwide golf shops. Um, there's a lot of good stuff happening with that company and I can't go into a lot of it, but you know, one of the questions I was asked that really made me think was, you know, do we expect to see 
more mergers because one of the things that Worldwide Golf Shops uh, does in its business model is they actually they have wrapped up in their umbrella now many different smaller brands. And I say smaller using air quotes because when you hear names like Edwin Watts, Roger Dunn, and a few others uh, specific to certain parts of the country, they're not small. But the question I was asked was, do we expect or do I expect to see more mergers like this? And the answer is yes, I do. Yeah, and, and they're going to happen. Because when we talk about and we think about how we buy equipment these days, and the speed by which we can get stuff delivered to our door by the likes of, of course, Amazon and others, Amazon being the biggest, these smaller brands, specialty brands that are specific to one particular industry, they're going to lose out. They're going to lose out unless they, they join together. And it's just, it's interesting because as a consumer who enjoys looking for new stuff all the time, <laughs> and you guys know that I like to you know, play around with equipment all the time, it's a good thing, I think, that these companies and brands are, are merging together. I think it's a good thing. I don't necessarily want to have to rely on Amazon for every little thing that I want. Believe me, I, I, I frequent Amazon.com. But I don't think I want to go there for golf equipment. You know, I'll go to I'll go to places like, you know, Worldwide Golf Shops or some of those brands. I'll go to budgetgolf.com. I'll go to, you know, a few others that I know. And the reason that I do that is because I know those people. And the reason I know those people is because they make themselves available. When you go to Amazon, you're basically dealing with robots. <laughs> Have you ever dealt with Amazon customer service, by the way? Holy cow, I had the wrong item sent to me. Actually, no, nothing actually got sent to me. I got an empty envelope. Yeah, imagine that. I just got an empty envelope, and I had to deal with customer service. I didn't speak to a certain a single person. In fact, it was almost... I, I still don't know how to get in touch with somebody at Amazon to actually talk to them. But you know what I can do? Is I can go to budgetgolf.com, as an example... I can go talk to anybody I want. They make it very easy to do that. And that element, if that can be maintained, that, that, that customer service element where you can have that personal touch with an actual person, that is going to always leave a spot in the industry and certainly on my computer screen for golf shops, conglomerates, whatever. They're always going to be there. I don't know how long it's going to last, though. I'll be honest. I don't want to be pessimistic. But times, they are a-changing, folks. Just an interesting thing that I wanted to throw out there, a little tidbit. But anyway, expect more shows coming out very soon. We've got some great guests coming up, some first-timers that have not been on the show. If you would like to appear on the show, and, and, and a couple of you have reached out, especially a few of my friends over at the Hacker's Paradise, you've reached out. You've shared your stories either via Twitter. A couple emails have come through. I'll get to you guys. At some point, I'll get to you guys. But one of the things I do want to put out there is keep in mind what it is that you want to actually share. You know, go back and listen to a couple of the, uh, the Golf Stories podcast episodes that we've done here. I'm not saying that you have to have as touching of a story 
as our friend Lucy has. And I'm not saying that you got to have this uh, super long, you know, uh, just biographical script prepared. I'm not saying any of that. I am always interested in hearing your stories, but we also want to make sure that the stories that are told are relevant and think about how others will be receiving that story. I know I'm being very vague right now, but just keep that in mind because there's there's a good amount of people that listen to this and, and I want to make sure that you're comfortable with some of the things that you want to share. And so all of that to say, continue to reach out. I really appreciate the support that you've been giving. Those of you who are interested in appearing on the show, we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. If you want to do a pre-call, we could do that too. That's all for right now, folks. Thanks for letting me rant a little bit, but I just could not let this go, especially with all this stuff coming through the wire. Look me up on Twitter once again, at Golf Unfiltered, and you can send me an email, golfunfiltered at gmail.com. Be kind to one another. We're going to talk again soon. Take care.